For those who are awake late at night and sleep doesn't come till the break of dawn, this is Muse Radio Midnight Muse. I have returned as Midnight Muse. Uh, I'm sure there was a lot of confusion over the past week about this podcast, starting with the Instagram handle, then coming back to Spotify and then making changes there and so forth. And to the friends that I talked to, um, possibly ranting about this whole thing, they were probably carrying this weight of confusion and anticipation to how this whole situation was going to be resolved, and it has finally been settled. Or not even settled, I say it as if like this whole thing was like a huge dispute. There was nothing like that. If anything, it was just a huge dispute with myself. But after a long and tiring excursion through my thoughts and thinking of ways to move forward, I found my way back to where I had originally started, which is Midnight Muse. But it's not exactly the original um, or like how I first started. But yeah, anyways, the, but the name is back to the original name. And I'm speaking very vaguely about everything. Essentially, um, I had changed my name multiple times in the past couple weeks and spent about like a month, almost a month, maybe a little over a month thinking of a new name, uh, only to come back to the name that I already started with. Um, but yeah, it's it's back and it's it's beginning again. So welcome to the official third episode, but technically fourth episode of Midnight Muse. I hope for whatever reason you're up tonight, you're doing well and healthy, and I hope this can be a way for you to unwind and have a peace of mind. Now, random plug. What's an event or party or even a small gathering without an array of sweet desserts for your guests? Planning something soon and looking for a caterer? Look to T&Me Patisserie. T&Me is a Toronto-based business that caters to all sorts of events with various desserts including, but not limited to, cakes, macarons, cupcakes, and cream puffs. Check out their Instagram at T&Me Patisserie. That's T-E-A-I-N-M-E Patisserie, P-A-T-I-S-S-E-R-I-E for more info and DM Timothy Cho for inquiries and plan your events with T&Me Patisserie. Delivery pickup location is North York area. Again, if you haven't listened to my previous episode, I mentioned uh, T&Me Patisserie before and Tim who who created the business uh, is a good friend of mine and he has been really passionate about desserts um, for a really long time. Um, I've only known him for three years but um, yeah he's always very passionate about his baking and I've tasted his stuff before and it's so good. Um, they're very unique flavors. They're not like the basic um, pastry 
flavors that you would find like chocolate chip or vanilla or chocolate but they're very unique um and i think he's always experimenting like even at this time if you follow him on instagram um he he shares a lot of like his stuff that he's doing just like by himself um which is really cool so yeah even though the situation is not the best um and i know not a lot of things are happening like gatherings and whatever but um just a future heads up if you're thinking about some kind of event um and you're looking for a caterer look to t and me
That song was called Garden by Anglish and Early Bird. Um, for those who listened to the previous episode, uh, you probably know that I played this song in, in that episode, but I thought that I would bring it back because I didn't properly share that episode um, for reasons that I'll mention later. But uh, yeah, I just thought that I would play that again. Um, that was yeah that was that was Garden by Anglish and Early Bird and Early Bird is probably a name that might be familiar for some of you um it's my good friend Vicky um who who writes and sings her own music and she's she's very passionate in in the career that she's going towards which is to be um to be a singer and songwriter um and she's continuously expanding her her work um, and just different projects for for her music, and it's really exciting. So check her out. Uh, her Instagram is the Early Bird Sing. And yeah, I guess I'll just re restate the the meaning of the song that I mentioned in my previous episode. But this is basically what she had sent me. Um, what like with what the song was about so it says in garden i sing about a special place a kind of sanctuary where i can sing where i can dance i can laugh in my garden i can do these things because i'm essentially free from everything all expectations ego worry it's the only place i know i'm truly free and it's where i need to revisit constantly this song actually started way back in 2017 when my producer friend Anglish sent me an instrumental. It was named Plants and it was inspired by the plants he had in his bedroom. I started writing and the song just flowed super easily and it became Garden. We kept sending things back and forth and it was really cool that we were able to put our skills together. His in beat making and production and mine in singing and writing to create a song that we both love. The process took a while, but it got there. I remember at one point recording a take of the vocals when I was away in China for a couple, a couple summers ago. But then the vocals we ended up using was from a day I trekked out to a studio in Hamilton last year. So a little bit about Anglish. Anglish is a producer slash, slash DJ who is lost in genre. He is still finding roots with a style that is emerging from hip hop, dabbling in house, and admiring R&B while sitting with ambient slash electronic based music. Obsessed with the texture of sounds, he records household items and filters found sounds to create atmospheres and songs that feel like places as much as they feel like sounds. I believe that was from his Facebook bio, but I'll link all his social medias down below. Uh, he does have an Instagram and a Spotify. Um, so if you want to check him out, uh, go do so. I'll link everything down below. But going back to my whole situation with uh, this podcast, while I was preparing for this episode, I was really debating whether to delete the previous episode that I had created partly because of the name confusion, but mostly because of other things, just like small details, like the technical mistakes and overall inconsistency in like tone and audio and my voice and recording. And though that particular episode did have more hiccups compared to the other two episodes, I will admit, but 
I think in general, I have a tendency to be very critical and nitpicky in the in the things that I create. And I think that's especially true in the things that I choose to share because ultimately, I want to reveal the best part of me in my creations. When in reality, any form of art or creative work has bits and pieces that are not even close to what is expected as perfect. And this is a reality that, at least for me, I never understood till hindsight. Of course, I still hold on to that innate desire for perfection whenever I'm creating something. But the more I experience this process of creating, the more exciting and fun the process itself becomes. And even if those times aren't necessarily fun, I understand more the importance of creating things that aren't necessarily perfect. But it's the drive to be to be better and to learn that fuels your excitement and eventual enjoyment in creating. And this is not just fun. Like I said earlier, these imperfect steps of creating are necessary in growing to improve your art. Which reminds me of this time that I went to Korea. This was this was about four summers ago. Um, it was the summer before I went off to uni, but for that entire summer, which was about four months, um, I was in Korea. And now that I think about it, I, I'm not sure exactly why I went to Korea, especially for like that long. Um, I had gone just with my mom while my, my dad and brother stayed in Canada to work, but they, they later joined us in the end of the summer. But for most of the summer, I was with my mom. And again, I'm not sure exactly why we went to Korea. I think it was just because uh, this would probably be the last summer that we can travel um, before I finally go off to uni. I have an older brother, so he, he's already off and a lot older. So like um, as we get older, it'll be hard to travel as a family. So I think that was the biggest reason why we went to Korea and to be there for so long, obviously to visit family. Um, but yeah, I, we were there for like an entire summer, four months. Um, but I had stayed in, in Korea, partly in Seoul, but um, also partly in Yeongju, which was, which is a, with a, which is a small town that my mom had grown up in um, and also where my grandparents lived at the time um, when we visited. So we stayed there. Um, our first first couple weeks was in Seoul um, and then we went to Yongju for most of the time. But um, yeah, you're probably wondering like what I did for all those four months. Um, I don't have any friends in Korea because I, I was born and grew up in Canada. So it's like, what do you do? Um, I pretty much went to Hagwons. So for those who don't know what a Hagwon is, it's basically like a after school academy. Like um, most, if not all students in Korea uh, growing up, they go to Hagwons. Like after just regular school, you would go to um, these academies to learn different things. Like they could be academic, they could be um like music or any other kind of skill that um, you can go to these hagwons. There's a bunch of them around Korea that people go to. So yeah, I went to to those. Um, and in Seoul, I went to the hagwon that I went to was an SAT hagwon for about two weeks. Um, 
And it's not as impressive as it might sound. Um, I didn't even do the entire package, which is math and English. I just took English classes. Um, and even that, I didn't take the entire entire English class requirements. Like I think there were about two or three different English classes, but I only took one. I think it was either comprehension or grammar. Um, or writing I don't know it was, it was something I don't I don't even remember what I did I think I I wrote um like short stories but and like read books but that was basically what I did in Seoul um for a couple weeks and then we went to Yongju to stay for I think most of the time my, my memory is a bit um hazy I don't exactly remember um how long I was there for because I think um my mom and then my my eldest aunt so her her older sister um we went to to vietnam for a week um just for like a trip um i also don't think it was a week anyways but yeah that was that was pretty much my summer but after seoul after i had taken the the sat hagwon which i didn't even complete i think it was supposed to be about like a month or two that that was like the full curriculum but I, I only stayed for a couple weeks and then I dropped um which I think it was okay because um I was a foreigner so they they allowed allowed me to do that I think normally you would have to pay for the entire thing I don't know I don't know how it worked but um but yeah anyways I stopped the SAT Hagwon and then went to Yongju which is a really small town in Gyeongsangdo I think um Gyeongsang province um, but yeah, that was where my mom had grew up. And basically what I did there was take um, art hagwons. So art, art classes. So this, this kind of goes back to like my whole point of why I'm bringing up the story, which um, I kind of went on a bit tangent. But this entire time, um, I was in Korea and then went to Yongju and I was taking these art classes and something that I had remembered my art teacher telling me um, or what she had me do sometimes was draw in pencil crayon um, especially if I was drawing croquis and it was it was so that I wouldn't erase what I did because pencil crayon if you don't know it's a lot harder to erase completely compared to pencil and this was a technique that she had me do to to practice my drawing. So even like on my own, when I had homework to take home, she would have me. She would tell me to draw it in pencil crayon, or or better than that, she would tell me to to draw it in pen. So then I wouldn't have to erase. Um, and I had asked her like, why why is it why are you doing this? <laughs> um, like. What, why is it so important? And she said that the less you erase, the better you see your mistakes and develop them as you continue the, the drawing. And this was a technique that had stuck with me um, in my drawing and also my overall mentality with creating, I think. Um, though I still struggle with coming face to face with my mistakes, possibly not just in creating, but in life in general, but I'm learning to appreciate and even enjoy the imperfect pieces of my process. So to this day, whenever I practice drawing, which I'm doing more now because I have the time to do so, I draw with a pen. 
and I recommend any ballpoint pen. I really like the ones from Muji um, or those felt felt tip ones. Um, there's a particular one that I'm thinking of, um, but I don't know the name and I don't know if they sell it in North America, but I know Asia has a lot of them for like a dollar or even 50 cents. But I'm sure any art store would have them. But anyways, anything works. Even a pencil is fine. But the technique is to not erase what you drew. Just keep drawing. And I guess another thing to add is that those mistakes could could turn into something um, really great and better than what you had originally thought of. Um, yeah, so you never know. I think that's where a lot of new and original work can come from. I think we're surrounded by this constant pressure to be perfect or to even present ourselves perfect, especially with the growing practice of filtering our lives to present the most ideal forms of ourselves on the internet. We're so fearful of transparency. And I think about it and it's so ironic because for us, internet is so accessible and sharing literally anything to a large amount of people has become so easy, yet though this access and mode of sharing has changed and advanced, our innate insecurities and fears of exposing our flaws remains the same. So I think that's why social media can be used to share these imperfections with others and be very real, but it can also be used to further hide ourselves and present ourselves in a more ideal image than who we actually are. And I think it has an effect on people who actively use it by posting and also on people who are watching and taking in this information. And it reflects on the way we see ourselves and the world. So how are you using your social media? How much of it is a part of your day? And how do you think it affects the way you see yourself, other people, and the world around you? I feel like at this point, depending on what career or lifestyle you have, it's hard to get away from it completely. So I guess the question would be how can it be used well in the context of your life? Knowing that it has such a huge impact on not just yourself, but on other people as well. So this next song is a cover of a song by the and rap monster from bts i'm sure a lot of people are familiar with them um the song is called four o'clock i think it's a little not as well known um it's only by two of the members so uh, it's not as popular as their main tracks i guess um i didn't really know about it until i heard this cover um but this is a cello cover so no no vocals no singing um but it's classical i guess um by my very own cousin selena um she is currently studying um or majoring in cello at mcgill in montreal um she yeah i we pretty much like we grew up together or like we yeah we are related um i knew her since birth um but yeah she she's very she loves um what she does um whenever i talk to her she's always telling me about 
what she did, what um, her her future, uh, what she's looking for, what she's striving for. Um, and so it's always been really encouraging. Um, again, another another really close person to me who is very passionate about what they do. Um, but yeah, she was very she was very into um, creating covers with her cello, um, mostly mostly BTS because uh, she's a huge fan. Um, well, who's not who's not a huge fan? Let's be honest. Um, but anyways, uh, she she created a lot of cello covers, um, and this was one of them. And again, I didn't know about the song until she had posted this this cover of this song and i'll just read a little bit of the lyrics from the beginning it's very it very fits the mood of um this nighttime podcast but the the lyrics translated in english goes like this i wrote a long letter to the moon one day it isn't brighter than you but i lit a small candle the nameless bird that sings in the park at dawn where are you Why are you crying? It's just you and me here, me and you. Your singing voice that follows deep into the night brings the scarlet morning one step, then another step. Dawn passes by, and when that moon falls asleep, then the blue light that was with me disappears. So that was, that was the English translation for the Korean song, Four O'Clock. So here's the cello cover of that song by Selena Lee.
I'll link the song down below. It's from her, or it's posted on her YouTube channel uh, along with all the other covers that she created. And something also that I forgot to mention with uh, with Selena is that she has a quartet that she is a part of. But yeah, it's like her and three of her friends that had formed this quartet um, quartet in her from her program, and they do little performances. They are sure, slowly but surely growing. Um, and they're really good. I visited her in Montreal um, like a couple months ago during um, reading week and I heard them perform live because um, yeah, it was just like some masterclass that I that I kind of sneaked into um, or didn't sneak into. People were allowed to go into it. But anyways, um, she I heard, I heard them live and they're really, really good. So I'll link their information down below too. Um, I don't know if they have anything big uh, recorded um, that you can listen to online, but they they do a lot of like competitions um, and performances and stuff like that. Um, even though all those things are kind of stopped for the moment because of what's going on, um, they are continuing to to practice and. Um, yeah, practice for just future things that that are planned. So yeah, I'll link all their social medias and everything down below along with the song that was just played. So I just wanted to end off this episode by expressing the importance of mental health and taking care of yourself and your mental health, um, especially in times like this um, or just any time in your life. Um, so I just wanted to share some tips on days, maybe even weeks of just times when it's a little bit difficult um, and you're just feeling down. And this is not in any particular order and may not be effective to everyone, but it's pretty general and it's pretty universal. So the first one is talk it out. So you've probably heard this before, especially if you are going through a difficult time. A lot of people suggest to tell people or to talk to people about it. And I think I got this advice the most, um, just like finding people that you are able to talk to about difficult things or um, in difficult times, have someone to talk to about it. Um, whether it be a friend or a family member or anyone in your life. Um, and I think this is this proves to to be helpful because it is the alternative to being alone um, in your thoughts and in your emotions with which in a lot of ways is, can be very dangerous um, because it's these thoughts and these emotions that are ultimately, guiding you into into where you are um and talking about it 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 allows you to release these thoughts and these emotions that you have rather than keep them inwardly and have them have them consume you and i think this it it's one of the the more helpful ones i think that i've experienced um but it can also be uh, one of the most difficult ones to do, in my opinion, um, 
go reaching out and talking to people about it because like ultimately no one wants to be vulnerable um it, or it's difficult to be vulnerable with people um even if it's people that are really close to you so talking to people about your what you're struggling with it is um it's hard to it's hard to take that first step and i think just from my own experience something that i realized was one of the main reasons why it was so difficult to reach out to people and make that first step is this overbearing thought that no one really understands what i'm going through and this thought kind of leads me into thinking that oh if if no one understands then how can how can they help um what's the point in in telling people what i'm going through and it it's one of those negative thoughts that 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 takes you away from being able to reach out to people and to ultimately trust people in in these times and but something that i realized that counteracts that thought of no one really understands me therefore i won't i won't get um like what i'm going through won't be resolved um something that i have realized was that ultimately the reason why talking it out helps is not necessarily that from talking it out you'll receive um this advice or these wise words that will that will solve what you're going through but just talking it out allows you to express these thoughts and these emotions that are within you and that you're struggling with um and that are ultimately damaging to to what you're what you're going through and releasing that outwards is so much better and healthier than concealing it within you and ultimately letting it consume you and affecting the way that you behave now number two Oh, and I'm also realizing that this is taking a lot longer than I had thought. So I'm only going to do two today um, out of the 10 that I had listed off. Um, I didn't think that I would explain these points. I thought that I would just list them off and then be like, yeah, these are my tips. But I guess I'm kind of explaining um, and expanding on some of my points. So I guess I... I will continue this on later just because it's it is dragging on a bit but yeah I will I will do the first two and then kind of insert the rest throughout next episode and maybe maybe a bit later too I don't know how long it'll be um but yeah anyways I'll just finish with two and then that'll be it but uh number two is eat what you want this is something that my mom had always told me whenever I was going through something. Um, and I don't know if it's a mom thing that um, they just want to see you eat well, which is nice. Um, and I found to be helpful in, in some ways. Um, but just eating what you want and what you're craving helped a lot with... Um, releasing just these these negative feelings that you have mostly towards yourself um and and allowing you to to experience something that that brings you joy um and that brings you delight um 
and not to say that like you um should overindulge um that's not necessarily what i'm talking about but um but to to satisfy your craving um and a lot of it comes from food like food is not just a, just a necessity but it can be something that can be enjoyed um and again this this might not be effective for some people depending on the context of your situation and your life but I think the the whole idea is to treat yourself pretty much allow yourself to enjoy these little things in life and I say this because I think the the negative thought that that goes against this point this tip is this thought that oh I don't deserve these things I don't deserve to be happy which is um of course it could be um that could sound a bit extreme but in whatever level that you are going through um this could be a thought and but then allowing yourself to to experience these little joys um such as eating the food that you want can release these negative feelings about yourself so those were the first two points that i had written down again there's 10 or actually maybe there's 11 but um yeah maybe i'll just go through them later on and um expand on them more but the verse that i wanted to to share tonight comes from romans 8 verse 26 it says likewise the spirit help us helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So the reason why I wanted to share that passage was because the the last tip that I had written down was to pray. And uh, pray, especially in these times um, that, that are difficult. And the passage, the entire passage between verse 18 to 30, it, it talks a lot about um, this hope in Christ in the midst of our suffering. And the suffering that you are going through now here uh, doesn't compare to the future joy and glory that's promised um, to us from God through Christ. Um, and this hope is not something that is necessarily... Uh, visible and that you can see but it's a hope that comes from faith and um, it instructs us to to pray and I think prayer is something that I'm slowly learning um, especially in the beginning of this year and understanding what it really means to pray um, and one thing that I I have come to learn and to to realize is that prayer is ultimately our way of depending on God, realizing that it's not it's not through our own strength that we're able to to do these things, but it's only through Christ um, that that we receive strength, that we have strength and we have hope. Um, so, prayer was. Um, one of the one of the advice that I had given, and the reason why I share um, these tips is not because I've necessarily studied psychology or psych psychiatry or any of that sort. 
um, but because I have and am going through it myself. With that being said, I don't want to be held claiming that these are foolproof or highly effective or will fix all your problems. And I say this because some of these tips that were given to me as advice, um, I went into thinking that, or I went into it having these expectations that it would fix me um, completely or partially. But that's not always the case. But the reason why I wanted to share these, these things is not necessarily in the hope that you would use them, but to let you know that you're not the only one that goes through these seasons. And of course, what I go through is not the same as what you go through, but at least you know that someone else is out there trying to figure things out as well. And for my Christian friends that are listening to this, I want you to know, just because you are saved and born again doesn't make you immune to these mental struggles that that hit you in this life, to whatever degree that may be. But I would say this, as his children, we are given a hope and a love far greater than what this world offers, and we're given God's promises of salvation through his son Jesus and what he did on the cross. And just as Romans 8 says, that's how we know we have hope, even amongst the suffering. So coming to the end of this episode, I just wanted to recommend a book like how I usually do. Um, So while on this topic, the book that I want to recommend is titled Depression, Anxiety, and the Christian Life. Practical Wisdom from Richard Baxter, revised, updated, and annotated by Michael S. Lundy and introduced by J.I. Packer. Richard Baxter was a pastor and physician in the 17th century England and was was profoundly known for his teaching and preaching on the human condition, um, whether spiritually, mentally, or physically. I will mention more about this another time, but the book goes through a brief background of Richard Baxter and the context in which he writes and studies. And the remaining half, or a little bit more than half of the book, goes into observations and symptoms, as well as practical and methodological guidance. I don't know if I said that right. But anyways, on how to approach struggles in mental health in a Christian context. I am still reading through it, but as I'm approaching the end, I recommend it not just to those who are struggling with their mental health and wondering what it means as a Christian, but also to those who want a better understanding of it um, so that they can help those around them that are struggling with depression or anxiety or any of that sort. But I can talk more about it maybe later and maybe read a little bit of the book. Um, But yeah, I hope that everyone stays safe and healthy but also joyful and hopeful. Goodbye and have a good rest of your night.